You are listening to Secrets to Scale. I'm your host, Tanner Scott, CEO of Rangsta Digital Marketing, and this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week on the show, Edin Bedani, a conversion copywriter, joins me to talk about the role of copywriting in digital marketing and how good copy can have a profound effect of the success of your marketing campaigns. Edin is an expert in copywriting and she shares a ton of valuable tips on how to make sure your website actually converts users into customers. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, my name is Adam Badani. I'm a conversion copywriter. I specialize in high converting ads, landing pages, and website copy for SaaS and tech and some uh, direct-to-consumer businesses. Awesome. So how did your career get started in copywriting? Well, I didn't actually start um, in copywriting. I started about 10 years ago in direct sales. So I was walking the beat. I was doing telemarketing door to door. I was doing direct selling with product demos and all, all of that kind of thing, um, which was really funny because I was kind of the opposite of what I studied at university. I, I studied anthropology and sociology and then so to go. So the short, the short story is that um, I was looking for a job over the summer and a friend offered me to join there, you know, to be become a salesperson with them. And, um, and I ended up loving it. So that became the job. And so then I was right. I was writing the sales scripts. I was writing the pitches. I was writing info, information packets for the products and things like that. And then we were using those same scripts to actually train other sales, um, other sales reps. Um, and then once we moved to Israel, so I was actually writing copy for a long time before I even knew it was actually called copy <laughs> and that it was a separate, that it was a separate, um, industry as well. So then actually when we moved to, to Israel and I was looking for, I was looking for a suitable job where I didn't have to spend 10 hours a day on my feet <laughs> selling, um, I actually realized that I could take that same selling and writing skills and actually just usually apply that online. And I've been doing that for five, over five years now. Awesome. You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, we have this idea of what we're going to end up doing in life. And then, you know, an opportunity comes up and suddenly everything we thought we knew completely shifts and we found, find something that we really like, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you attribute your success to? That's really hard to say because for the first kind of, um, and I'm being completely transparent, the first kind of three to four years of this, it was, uh, it was a struggle. Um, I started out because I did, I started out like most people because they don't know where to start out. So I started out with a content mill. So we were working like $15 for a web page, $18 for a web page at that. At the same time, it was like, wow, if I could do 40 web pages a week, you know, I can make a decent, li- a decent living. But of course, you know, it doesn't work out like that. Um, so the, I think um, what it's, it's a lot of it is just putting in the work. It's just putting in the work again and again and again. Uh, just trying to keep polishing your skills and just trying to keep pushing yourself to get better. Um, 
in addition to that, it's so on the one hand, it's it's just keeping applying and just keep showing up, just to keep showing up, just to keep trying to keep pushing forward, and then just to keep expanding every you know even if you move, um, even if you do, even if you move forward just in tiny increments, it's you can look back over even if you make one tiny step forward with every new project or every new client that you work with, suddenly you look back and you can realize you can see really how far you've come. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point. You know, um, when you get started with your career, rarely do you find success right away. It's all about, like you said, growing a little bit every day and just, you know, learning and inching your way forward as much as you possibly can on a daily basis. So I think that's a really good point. Um, so let's get into a little bit more about what you do with copywriting. Um, it's really just strategic messaging that speaks to a prospect's needs, right? What impact do you think studying anthropology has had on your copywriting success? Um, and so actually that's that's a really good question. I was discussing this with someone the other day because anthropology, the, the core of anthropology is that it's teaching you critical thinking. It's actually teaching you to see the world through someone else's perspective. Not, judgment, not judging, not being judgmental, not trying to um, be manipulative, not trying to, to abuse that relationship, but to actually just try and communicate with someone on a really deep, intense level. So what anthropologists used to do, um, just, just to fill in that, um, that uh, gap there, so what anthropologists used to do is they used to go and conduct what's called ethnographic study. And ethnographic study is where they used to go out to remote communities to actually try and find and try to learn and understand about these people. So they collect both qualitative data and quantitative data. So what they do is they wear the same clothes as the people or the tribe that they, they go out to investigate. They'd eat the same food. They basically become a member of the tribe. And some of them, crazy things, some of them married into the tribe. Some people like, or they offered them <laughs> offered them to get married and become an actual part of the family um, or of the tribe. And so they would actually so they would conduct this research within the same environment that their subjects were actually already in so it was very natural so they were able to really get this deep understanding of how just how they looked at the world how the how their culture how their language how their food their dress their their finances how everything kind of shaped um, the way they look at the world and the way they perceive things from old you know from old technology things and from new things that they that would come in from the outside and then it's kind of taking that perspective back and then comparing it to what you know. And so not being judgmental, but saying, oh, okay, so this is how they see the world and this is why they think A, B, C, and D. And then just trying to understand it and then actually get, drawing on that, that, that good communication to actually help, um, in some cases, to help create positive change where, where it's needed. Um, in some of those instances, um, and it's something really powerful. So, with, in terms in terms of copywriting, what you're always trying to do is you're trying to write for the customer's perspective, and so it's actually it's a, it actually gives you um, funny gives you this really uncanny 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 haha, this uncanny ability to actually see kind of the copy from someone else's perspective um, as you're writing it. Uh, which is really powerful in terms of making sure that it's directed towards the customer. It's not just coming from like the company's perspective, like top down. It feels like you're talking to a friend at a party rather than someone is just, you know, when the boss is calling you into their office to talk to you. Yeah, right. It's about, you know, showing empathy uh, towards their perspective, like you mentioned. 
Um, so I think that anthropology actually probably set you up for a whirlwind of success in copywriting. Would you agree with that? Um, it, it feels like it. It's not what I would have expected, but uh, I think it's it's definitely been an advantage. Awesome. So, you know, I think that a lot of marketers and businesses really overlook the power of good copy, um, especially when it comes to building landing pages, um, typically for a sales funnel. Do you think that the copy or the design should come first with a landing page? That's a really good question. And it's always going to be the copy. Um, I wish I was a designer. I wish I had those mad skills, but I don't. But um, but it, the, because usually the copy drives the structure of the page. So it's got, you need to know what messages are going to go on the page before you can actually build a structure around it. So there's a lot of great landing page templates out there. There's a lot of fancy things. There's a lot of amazing things that you can do with landing pages. But in terms of making sure that the right messages are in the right place, where you need to use copy and where you can use media, images, videos, um, GIFs, everything to actually support the copy, where that, that needs to come usually from the direction of the copywriter um, to make sure that it's best, kind of make sure that it all, the messaging flows in the right order and actually to help, um, it help facilitate conversions as much as possible. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. So we build a lot of websites with our agency and we always do the copy first, whether it's us producing the copy or it's the client. Um, I think what typically happens is if you do the design first, then you're stuck trying to make the copy work for the design and you end up with, you know, a lot, either a lot of fluff that you didn't necessarily need or, you know, just some really unnecessary copy in there or you know, maybe you were just trying to fit it in a certain box and it doesn't really make as much sense as it possibly could. So things like that are really important. Um, what do you think are some elements that most people forget to include on their landing pages? Um, I think, oh, especially for landing pages, I think it's kind of a pain problem section. Um, because again, it doesn't matter if the landing page is for hot or cold traffic. Um, the by re just identifying or calling out again the pain or problem that it actually solves, like calling out really clearly what they're struggling with and how this is best um, positioned to help solve that pain. Um, even if they're already extremely aware that they have a pain and they're proactive about it or they're currently using a solution for it, it helps people understand how your product fits into their lives simply because, you know, the, product, the products that we make, you know, they're great, they're fantastic, but they're always a means to an end. They're not an end in itself. Um, even a Louis Vuitton handbag, it's not, it's not, you don't just get it for the bag, you get it because it gives you social status, it gives you, you know, um, it's eye, it's arm candy, it's all these kinds of things as well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of value tied up in the bag, but it's not just the bag itself, it's kind of owning that part of the brand. So it's the same, um, it's the same thing just by highlighting how it fits and what's kind of the transformation as well. The, what life is like after as well. Some people are really good at painting the pain or problem section as well, but then they forget to leave out how amazing life is after they've, they've bought the product or after they start using it. So what the difference is or how they see that it's actually improving um, their life. I think those are kind of the elements that a lot of people tend to forget. Yeah, those are those are really important things for landing page. Um, by expressing the pain points that your product or service solves, you're actually speaking directly to the prospect right and that's how they say okay this this 
actually might be right for me. And I agree with you, a lot of businesses and marketers really overlook the customer transformation, which is really important. Another thing that I think is really important is, you know, when you're using product images or any sort of imagery on the landing page, you can't just put a picture of the product, right? It has to be a real world application or that also ties into the customer transformation, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You have to give it context. So it's the same, like if you're putting copy on a page, if you can support the copy with an image, and I'm going to say that you can use less copy because the image helps tell, helps, you know, the the image helps lift up the power of the copy and the copy with the image and vice versa. So they interact with each other. And so you need to have that context as well in the image. You can't just have a picture of a box. It's like, oh, that's great. It's a box. Like who's holding the box? Where are they holding it? What are they doing with it? What's kind of that experience, you know, uh, in an unboxing video? It's not just, oh, here's a box and here's a here's a nice product. It's like what's actually going to happen? How, you know, how do the expressions on people's faces? What happens when they open the box? What's what's going on? These emotions, all these crazy um, crazy things. Yeah, and then also another thing that I think gets left out a lot is what's the process of purchasing the product or the service, right? I mean, if you lay out the steps really easy to understand, your conversion rate's gonna dramatically increase, right? Absolutely. I think I think we all um, in the you know in this digital age, we all know what's behind a CTA button. We know it's a button, we know it's called a CTA button. Like everyone knows, oh it's a it's a CTA button. Um, you know that you click on it, then you're gonna go somewhere else. But a lot of people forget what to tell people what happens after that button. Like what happens, where did they go? Well, where did they go in the terms of their process after they click on it? And that as well um, definitely is one thing that sometimes people forget. They say, you know, apply now. And it's like, so what happens if I click the button to apply now? If you're applying for something, what happens if I click order now? Where do I go? Do I get taken to a checkout page? Do I go to the website? Do I go to, you know, am I taken to a form that I have to fill out that's going to take me 10 minutes to fill out? It's going to take me one minute to fill out. Is someone going to call me on the phone? Like actually laying out just the process of what's going to happen, even if it's just a one-line mention, uh, like a one-line of microcopy, just to actually have that context so that reduces any risk for them in terms of clicking the button. So they go, okay, so I know what's going to happen next. I don't need to guess. I don't need to think. I don't need to click through, see it's something I don't like and bounce back. Then they had that choice already it, in some in some instances it actually creates um, it can create more friction or less friction but there's benefits to both in terms of creating more friction then you know at least that they're more qualified they know what's going to come after the button and so they're actually more qualified when they click through in terms of if a lead or a customer um, yeah so there's, there's there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, you can play with that yeah I completely agree with you you know I see websites you know everyone's on websites all day long, right? Um, you know, I see a lot of companies kind of just like not being very transparent about certain things. And that's because they want a really high conversion rate, right? But like you just mentioned, they may not be qualified when they come through. So it's really important to say, hey, you know, if, for example, we do websites, you know, they, we don't have pricing on our website, right? So mm -hmm. a big tool that other agencies use is like, um, we work with budgets starting at 5K or something like that. Like just mm -hmm. that alone, yeah, your conversion rate's gonna go down, but the quality of the leads you're gonna get are gonna be way better. 
A hundred percent. So it's like exactly exactly like that. You could put um, a line of you could write on the CTA button like click here and you'll get a hundred bucks. You're gonna have a hundred percent conversion rate. Everyone's gonna want a hundred bucks. But if there's not a hundred bucks waiting for them on the page that comes after, you're gonna have a hundred percent bounce rate. It's you know no one's gonna stick around. They're gonna be like oh this is just it's gonna leave. So it's exactly like that. Um, just a small line of microcopy can can really help qualify the lead. So you're actually strategically um, reducing the conversions at the top of the funnel, but then it means by the time they actually get, you get to them on a call or actually speak with them or actually in the sales process, they're actually much further along. You actually have a higher close rate or the higher quality of leads coming through that are much easier to close. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Let's take a minute and talk about homepages. Um, I think we could probably agree that most homepages get the majority of the traffic of a website. What are some ways that we can improve our conversion rates on our homepages? Um, so I think that really depends. Uh, it depends on what the on the type of industry, like if it's uh, SaaS or tech or if it's e-commerce, it depends on who the audience is as well. Again, if it's a direct to consumer, if it's something that it's more mid-market uh, mid or even enterprise level. So basically from, from my experience, there are a couple different kinds of home pages, and it's first in kind of deciding what your home page is, what's the purpose of the home page? Uh, that's going to help drive conversions from that page. So some a lot of companies treat the home pages as this kind of mishmash of, oh, let's put that here and let's put that there and let's just put a bit of everything on each page, you know, a bit of everything all together so that they have the full story and people land on this home page and there's information jumping at them from every direction. And they have no idea what they're supposed to click on. Where, oh, here's a button. Here's another button. Here's another button. They're all different colors. Where am I supposed to go? Uh, so there's a couple of different ways to do that. So that's, that's also combining with the UX to make sure that it's not confusing in terms of the direction. Um, but a couple of different ways. It's like, are you treating your homepage like a landing page? Or are you treating it like almost really like a landing page? Or are you treating it like, uh, like a signpost? So when you come to a crossroads, you come to a signpost, it says this way left, this way right, you know, here's where you, you take this direction, you'll end up here and take this, you'll go end up here. So if you're treating it like a landing page, so if it's a SaaS or if it's a, a product-led SaaS, then you can go straight and sign up for an account or a free trial and things like that. And you could treat your homepage like a landing page. And then they can still click through because in the menu, people people know these days that there's going to be a menu most of the time. So they know they can scroll back to the top or scroll down to the bottom and look for other information if they need it. You don't have to um, include more links on the page or anything like that. You can really just say, okay, treat it exactly like a landing page, especially if you're going to be sending traffic there from paid ads. Um, on the... And then you can as well just so for the sections that you have on the landing page, so say you have a brief pain problem section and then you have like a why us page or about us and then you can actually flesh that out even more on the why about us page. Um, but then it's still the homepage still acts like a landing page as for your main conversion driver there. Um, but in terms of um, a different website, so it can be a signpost to say you have a couple of different offers going on at the same time. So just trying to make it clear that from the beginning that hi this is our company you know and we have a couple of different ways how we how you can you know there's a few different ways you can get to the information that you want and almost like a little blurb you know turn if you turn left if you go through if you want to learn more about us click here if you want to learn more about the process click here if you want to see products click here 
kind of that thing. But then, um, so again, it depends on the industry. It depends on the product. It depends on the kind of offers that you have. But there's a few different ways of structuring it to actually help drive more conversions. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I think unless you have like a lot going on on your website, it almost seems like you should be treating your homepage as a landing page. Yeah, absolutely. For example, like maybe a business that has multiple different market segments, they may want to do the, the signpost. Um, but, you know, if you're going after one specific market, then it should be a landing page, right? Yeah. Again, there's, um, there's a tendency to sometimes have like a lot of pages on a website because SEO, there's, there's a lot of things that will come into it. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you don't know as well need so many pages if you can explain it in fewer pages or less pages. So there, again, if you can, the homepage can act as a landing page and then it can do a lot of the, the heavy lifting for you in terms of conversions. Again, unless you have a lot of different offers and then you can send them to direct pages for those different audiences or those different uh, use cases, for example, for the product. Awesome. So what's one piece of advice that you could give anyone looking to improve their copywriting skills? I would say practice. Just keep practicing. The more it's, it's a skill that it's like a muscle. So the more you work at it, the better you'll get at it just because you keep practicing just by keeping on trying. Um, I think that's probably the strongest thing. And a lot, and even a lot of the old school copywriters will tell you, go sit down, take out an old print ad and copy it by hand. And then copy it, just copy it out by hand, actually word for word, because then you get to learn, not you don't, you learn by doing, not just by reading and studying. Um, so just by copying out these old ads by hand, then you can actually go and you will automatically start to absorb kind of the techniques so you get to see the rhythm that they use in these um, in advertisements or in other landing pages and they, it starts to naturally seep into your own writing as a result. Yeah, I think I think that's great advice. I mean, learning by doing is always going to help you more. Um, I'm curious though, are there any online resources that would maybe give someone a head start? Yeah, everything. Um, Everything that I really learned about copywriting that has been really effective for me is from Copy Hackers. I've taken some of their um, some of their paid courses as well. I have they have a lot of free resources which are excellent, but they also have some paid courses which are also excellent. Um, and that's it's fun, just a funny story. Before I even so before I even signed up for one of their courses, like I actually I was supposed to write um, an app description for an app, and I didn't know how to do it. So I went and Google, like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Because this is back in the, you know, was trying to get any job I could get my hands on. Um, and I actually looked and I Googled how to write an app description. It came upon an article from them. I went, great, read through it, went and wrote the app description. And um, then the client actually pasted it into the, <laughs> in the app store, like word for word. And I was like, oh, so this works. Like, it was really funny and uh, that and three years on and it's still there um so that's awesome but, great job yeah yeah so um so they they have a very they teach you that there's there's techniques to it as much as a practice so there's there's ways to get around it's not just jumbling um again i don't get paid <laughs> to promote them i just think they're they're doing a really good job of helping copywriters learn um them to write really well very cool so what would you say your secrets to scale are? Um, 
probably both personal or business. What do you think is a secret to scaling business? I would say listening, having the ability to listen. Um, I took on something at the beginning, in the early beginning of last year that I decided I was pretty much going to hop on a discovery call with anyone who asked, who requested one. And I learned so much about what people are looking for in a copywriter, if they've been burnt by a copywriter before, what they've struggled with, what they're struggling with in their business. And the more you talk to people, the more you just listen and you learn about what they're really looking for and what they really need help with. And you, um, and just by listening, listening to, to clients, listening to your clients, customers as well, when they talk about the companies that they work with, just the kind of information that they give you um, really helps you write very strong and effective copy because you're really using the customer's own words to like, you, you know, they have existing customers that are talking and that love the product. And so you're just taking that and amplifying it rather than trying to create this, this amazing piece of copy from scratch that you dream up somehow. Um, and you don't know whether it's going to work or not. So just, just listening, I think, and then you get, then you can get, um, you can get tons of different ideas for, for both business and for, and for work for any way you want to take it. So what's a good way for anyone to get in contact with you? Yeah, best way is to just uh, come and find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. So we'll link up your profile in the show notes and thank you again. Okay, no worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scale. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more episodes like it, go ahead and click on that subscribe button. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Trace and Classy.